0: Hello good people of Europe, so today I interviewed Lianne from London, who works in the creative industries as a 23-year-old millennial, saving four or five, and all her approaches are covered in this episode. So this really goes from her job, her own company, what our point is on fi how to get there and the main topic mini retirement she's gonna take one we're gonna cover what the why why it's so important what it can do for you and i'll compare those with personal situations and like really dive into it to you know give you as a listener some idea and hopefully some value of like what it can mean for a person and what you can get out of it yourself and most of all why it matters so hope you enjoy the show sit back relax and yeah have a good day Welcome to the Financial Independence Europe podcast,
1: where we interview people from all 44 European countries, all of them,
0: about optimizing your life, geo-arbitrage, and making the most of your money. This was your hosts, Alvar, Erminta, and Matthias. So, welcome back, everybody. Welcome back again to another episode of the Financial Independence Europe podcast. Today, I'm interviewing Leanne from London. Hi, Leanne. Hello. Really awesome to have you here today. And today we're going to dive into something awesome because for once we don't have somebody working in IT or finance industry, but <laughs> in the music industry as an artist manager. And Leanne has a really cool take on, on live her approach, uh, mini retirements, frugal, living in London and a combination of all of that. So that's what we want to bring on for you today. But first of all, Leanne, could you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? You know, what's a thing that you find lo- awesome about life?
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on the show. It's good to yeah, be a part of this and talk a little bit about my kind of five journey as yeah, someone that works in the creative industry. So yeah, I'm Leanne Joseph. I am um, I'm 23. I am born and raised in London, so it's kind of all I know in a way. And uh, I've been working in the music industry since I was about 16, full time since I was 18. So my journey was that I was basically just surrounded by people, you know, amazing people, but generally they all really hated their jobs. And I was extremely determined to not have a job that I hated. So I just um, would always read music blogs and you know, watch MTV and go to gigs whenever I could or whatever my mum would take me anyway and decided that that's just what I wanted to do. So I was just always looking for work experience and I quickly found some work experience in London and Um, kind of built a network of people and instead of going to university I joined um, an artist management company and I was there for a little a little under two years and then I left and started my own artist management company and at the same time I joined a label so I'm a product manager at kind of I guess like a, a conglomerate of labels so we manage anything between 10 to 15 record labels and I'm a product manager across all those labels basically. So, yeah, that's kind of that's just me in terms of my five journey. I think I've always just been I think from working in the creative industry, when I first did work experience, someone mentioned to me. I remember this so clearly. I was in EMI at the time, which is no longer. But at the time I was in EMI and A&R there said to me, I was I think I was just 16. I was doing some work experience. And he said to me at one point in this industry, you will get fired or you will get made redundant and it's not just one point this will probably happen repeatedly in your career and it really kind of not scared me but it was just like wow okay I guess I better prepare for that (laughs) so I think that's really that and alongside just having family that had you know different money problems throughout the years kind of spurred me to be more financially responsible from a really young age and and yeah over the course of period of time I just discovered FI and I think that's the journey I want to be on basically
0: okay well and i would say like five or six months ago i saw a post of you popping up in the financial Independent london facebook group with questions like really to the point ones um and starting a whole bunch of new discussions and then i was like hey i should grab a coffee with her and have a chat and <laughs> then we actually met up in london at this really awesome coffee bar and like they didn't know each other but you know just through like this connection of Fi started chatting for like two hours straight.
1: Yeah, it was great, wasn't it? It was good. That's that's the thing. I think at that point when I joined the group, it was more, I think when I discovered Fire, it was through the Minimalist podcast. You know, they have that documentary on Netflix and they have a podcast and... The minimalism stuff just kind of made so much sense to me in terms of not feeding into consumerism and only buying things that really bring you joy. And then through that, I think they had a guest on that was a finance orientated person. So I started following them and discovered the whole five movement. And it was kind of like a movement that I was like, wow, like I'm already doing all this stuff already. And it actually makes sense that there's like a group of people behind this that have formed like a concept around it. And so that's why I just got so excited. And I joined the Facebook group and I was just asking questions and wanted to start debates.
0: So, like, what does Phi mean to you? Because, you know, we've talked about the frugal aspects, the minimalism part. Uh, but I'm curious, like, which part, like, is it the money part? Is it the frugalism part like which aspect, you know, you feel like most align with?
1: Mm, I think when I first discovered FI, I thought that was just amazing. I was like, of course, it makes sense to you know, save enough money to retire early. Like it's something I've been doing, nat- trying to achieve naturally myself. So it's cool that there's a concept around it. But as I did more research and started meeting more people and listening to more podcasts and reading more articles about it, I think I could quickly detach from the retire early part just because, I don't know, it feels like a byproduct of financial independence rather than an actual goal. So for me, I, I really identified with the whole having multiple revenue streams and giving you, being able to have enough freedom financially to work across multiple creative projects and being able to take risks, really, like calculate risks that allow you to optimize your time on stuff that you're really passionate about. And I think working in the music industry, you know, no one really gets into this just because they want to earn loads of money. Like you get into it because you love it and, and that's, that's your passion and that's what you want to dedicate your time to. So that's why, how I really identified with more, the fire movement just in terms of being able to create those multiple revenue streams and giving you the freedom to work on what you really want to work on really.
0: Awesome. And with multiple revenue streams, obviously you've got your own company, like what's kind of your approach to that? Do you want to go for like ETF investing and more dividend investing or like, yeah, what's your take on that?
1: Yeah. Well, I kind of see it as divided between passive and active, right? So active is the company that I work for every day and I manage all the releases coming out of the labels and then, you know, me physically managing my artists in terms of going to their shows and managing their releases and getting them on tour and all that kind of stuff. And then the passive side of it is, yeah, me, you know, maintaining a really good saving percentage rate and investing that into global index funds alongside making sure that the releases I do with my artists are successful because that's passive income. You know, if you have a big song, that's a hit on the radio and and a hit on streaming services, you can make money from that for the rest of your life, really. So maintaining that and also as well, when my when I've booked my artists or I have releases that have been successful, you know, the artists will go off and and do that. They'll tour, they'll play shows, they'll have brand deals and that will happen whether I'm physically there or not. So a lot of that is quite passive, multiple income streams as well. So When it came to starting my company, obviously I was starting it from zero. I didn't have any artists. I was 19, had barely a reputation in the industry. So I just, the way I thought of it was that I need to make money short term and I need to make money long term. So short term was more working with artists that make money quicker. So like DJs and producers who can play DJ shows for little cost, but a high fee. And having them do remixes and productions for other people, that's more quick like short-term money and then the more long-term money is managing I guess singer songwriters as well as the DJs but having them build releases and reputations over periods of time that can then be monetized over a longer period of time if you get what I mean so that's kind of how I approached it with my artist management company.
0: Yeah well and would you be happy sharing some numbers in terms of saving rates and our savings rates and income and like kind of like how much you earn through this and how much you can save of it every month, every year?
1: I don't know. I was thinking about this. I don't know how, if I want to put it out there because I don't know. Like I listened to some of the, the, the podcasts and people were so open with their numbers and part of me is like, I don't know, <laughs> like... I think I like to I like share my savings rate, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure. I don't know if I'd share how much I earn, but...
0: That's fine. You can also share your savings rate and, you know, be like, I pay a normal rent for London purposes. Just give people a bit of a perspective.
1: In terms of me managing my finances, I, I maintain probably between a 35 and a 40% savings rate every month. And I do that mainly through just... Really, really watching lifestyle inflation and making sure I'm not inflating my life according to my finances because I have, you know, a steady income at my record label job, but management income fluctuates. Sometimes, you know, you may get a big brand deal for your artist, and you could have like I don't know, make a thousand in a month or two thousand or upwards of that. So you've got like you've done a record deal for your artist or say your artist hasn't played a show for like a couple of weeks and you haven't made any money that month or say you've got a huge deal for your artist and you you know you can make 10 grand in a month I mean that hasn't happened to me yet well kind of but you know it, it fluctuates a lot so the way I treat is that my income from my company I maintain a 40 to 35 percent savings rate for that every single month and I do that by having cheap rent in London so I pay 600 pounds a month including bills to live with four people, kind of not really in the centre of London, I don't know particularly close to a station, but it's easy to get around everywhere. And just I don't eat any meat or fish at home. And that keeps my food bills down. I don't buy travel cards, I just kind of pay for travel as and when I go. And that saves quite a lot on travel, actually. So Those are the main things I really focus on. And the rest of it, I just kind of have a budget, a rough budget every week of what I spend. And as well from working in an industry that I would spend leisure time in anyway, I save a lot of money. So, for example, last night I was at a work event and it was essentially just a rave. And, you know, I go to I get to go to a lot of those for free because I'm working or I know people that are part of the event. So I don't necessarily have to pay to get into these venues or pay for drinks or anything like that because it's part of the work network that I've built so yeah it's quite rare that I would spend a decent amount of money on even like festivals and stuff like that it's like you know we have festivals that we work on so I get to go to them for free so that prevents me from say from spending a lot of money on stuff that I would normally be spending money on and it allows me to have a pretty yeah decent savings rate I'd say.
0: That's pretty awesome. And I also like how you utilize your work to essentially now save the money others would spend on going out partying, going out for dinner, etc. combining that with a cheap rent and still having this like flexible approach to budgeting. Because, you know, as you said, like you don't have like a fixed item line for every single budget line, right? It's just you go with the flow and what's needed is needed, but you make frugal choices when you come in situations when you have to make a purchase decision.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think that's something that's really, was really important for me to establish when I did start really getting into five, because I did find that a lot of the things I was reading, it was focusing so much on expenses and cutting down your expenses and tracking your spending so, you know, intensely. And I do that anywhere I do track what I spend just to see if there's any patterns and correlations. But I think it's also really important to focus on earning more money and enjoying your money and having a money mindset that is more about abundance and about scarcity and hoarding money for no, you know, for no reason. So yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily spend any money on going out and stuff like that just because I don't need to. But if I want to take a really ridiculous holiday, I definitely will do that.
0: <laughs> oh, absolutely. And you can only cut so much. And in the end, if you go completely bare bones, what's the point of fine and of life then? If you try to save on every small little nitty-gritty thing um now i completely agree and that's also one of the things like what i personally did is really going from like a diehard saver up to like you know saving and focusing on the budget items but not going completely crazy on that and right now actually focusing on earning more because in the end mm. earning a lot more money is a lot easier than you know cutting another 10 pounds here cutting another 10 pounds there that's not gonna change your life in the end i found it awesome and Leanne, you're twenty-three, that's nuts that <laughs> you already know so much about this world. My co-host Araminta, she's twenty herself. Like yeah. she's also like this, and that's it's amazing. You guys are conquering the world.
1: We're trying, we're trying.
0: <laughs> From this topic, I kind of want to dive into the next one because earlier we were chatting and you mentioned uh you're gonna take a short sabbatical, mm-hmm. kind of like a mini retirement. Could you like kind of like walk us through why you're going to take a sabbatical and, you know, what are the perks and the pros and cons of taking sabbaticals and mini retirements?
1: Yeah, of course, of course. So, yeah, I think this kind of came up a few months ago, really, with my, with my work. I'm quite lucky to work in an environment where they're really open minded and they care a lot about the people that work in the company. And like I said, it's it's a choice to work in music. You don't do it just because you want to earn loads of money or whatever. You do it because you love it. So and they have that attitude as well. So. I kind of just came to the point where I'd, yeah, I've yeah, i been working full-time in music for five years and working part-time even before that for two years. So I've been doing it for seven years and I had started my company. I've had promotions. I've, you know, gone on tour. I've had a lot of achievements that I'm really proud of. And it kind of got to the point where I was like, well, who am I outside of music effectively? You know, if I didn't do this, who am I? What would I be? What's, what's important to me? What other creative avenues do I want to explore about myself? And because I didn't go to university as well so I didn't have those kind of years of like oh let's just go out and just be reckless youth you know I was just always focused on working and yeah having a good time at the same time but I just hadn't really had that break and I my work were kind of discussing putting a sabbatical policy in there and I was like I definitely want to do this and they they were happy for me to kind of take that forward So I wrote a policy for them and did all the research I needed to do to try and make it happen and they were on board with it and I found someone to replace me for the few months I am going away. So yeah, it's good. So I won't be working at the record label while I'm away, but I'll still be managing my artists. And this will be a good test for my company as well, because you know, managing my artists when they're when we're all here in London is obviously a lot different to managing them when I'm in like the forest in El Salvador. So it'll be interesting to test that out.
0: Okay, well, but just to backtrack for a second. You wrote the sabbatical policy for your company and now you're taking it yourself.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So my company, I mean, this is kind of standard music industry where everything is just very fluid and a little bit reckless. And, you know, there's not a lot of formal procedures unless you work for one of the big majors. But outside of that, if you work in the independent industries, it's kind of the wild, wild west, really. So has anyone been thinking about taking a sabbatical? I said, yes. And then there was kind of no, nothing that happened after that. So I kind of took upon myself to write the policy, present it to them, obviously do all the edits that needed to happen. And then they were, they approved it and they said, yeah. So I was quite, um, when I say it to myself, it does sound pretty ridiculous, but it is, yeah, I'm very lucky.
0: (laughs) Now, and in the end, if you do the things, if you take initiative, and do the things normally 35 years old do or whatever. You know, you get the results. So I find this really awesome. And the most important question of all, what's the first place you'll be going?
1: Yeah, I'll go in, so I'm going to Mexico. So I'll start in Mexico and then i will going to head to Cuba and then, yeah, Belize and Guatemala and all the fun places after that. So, yeah, it should be really exciting.
0: Oh, man. So flying over from London there, going in a couple of weeks, starting out in Mexico, Mexico City.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mexico City. Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's, I'm jealous. I would love to do that right now. So in terms of like, uh, while you're away. So obviously you go for a couple of months, you're going to manage your artist while you're traveling. How do you Mm -hmm. picture uh, that for yourself? Are you you just going to work in coffee shops and how many hours is it going to take a week?
1: Yeah. Well, that's the, the kind of the beautiful thing and the annoying thing about working in the music industry is that you could have days where, you know, you're just chasing people. So you're not necessarily clocking up a lot of hours and you can have times where you're just glued to your phone because something's gone wrong so I'm really just going to play it by ear to be honest I don't really have a schedule in mind because it's really hard to even have a schedule here in London when I'm just here anyway so I think I'm just going to play it by ear and go with whatever what the work comes in and but I think it's more about shifting my mindset because in this industry it's 24 7 like I'll be answering emails from the states at like 1am and doing calls with Australia at whatever o'clock am here in London and you're not really in a position to be like no I'm not going to do that because you need to have that opportunity for your artists whereas when I'm away I want to make sure that I put a little bit more strict boundaries in place so you know when I'm out and about and exploring and climbing some random mountain somewhere I'm not going to be inundated with calls or anything like that. So, But I'm hoping I can, yeah, just play it by ear and just my artists will understand as well the fact that this is only three months in the years I've been working with them. So they'll get that. If things are a little bit slower or I need to reply a little bit later, they'll they'll understand. So I prepared them for that.
0: So Matthias, have you ever talked about dividend stocks, Estonian companies or how frugal you are on the first dates, or with one of your colleagues? I tried it once with a colleague and he said, dividend what? Aha, uh-huh. do you know, I actually have a retreat that covers this all. Oh, tell me more. So this retreat, it's all about workshops and talks together with like-minded folks who share their knowledge with you. Oh, sounds awesome. Do you have also barbecue, yoga and surfing and are we able to have a glass of wine? Actually, yes, we do. That's all together combined in Portugal. But the most important question of the day, when is this actually? Will it be in 2019? It's actually in
1: 2019 at 24th of May to 27th at Agave in Portugal
0: near the ocean. And we have also a pool for people who don't like nature. That actually sounds pretty good. And then where do I find this? Head over to financial-independence.eu slash retreat. That's R-E-T-R-E-A-T. So... Yeah, with the shit, looking forward to it. And I really like that you're making that choice and also how you phrase it, because in the end, if you completely live for your job and for your artist, and that's the only thing that matters, then, you know, then you'll live your life for them, not for yourself. So say somebody else wants to do this. And I know obviously the music industry is really unique. But I hope you have some insight on this. Say somebody in a corporate world in London in Frankfurt wants to do this and go away for three months. Mm. You've mentioned a few things to kind of like minimize the damage to your career in a sense, obviously you're still doing the job, but you've communicated to everybody like, hey guys, be aware I'm doing this, this, and this, and setting up systems to like minimize that a bit. But let's say you would not be able to do that at all. Do you have any mm. ideas how like, yeah, how can you still like, you know? Not them your it too much and still do this at the same time.
1: Yeah, well what I'd really suggest is getting your work involved as much as possible, really. So yeah, my work, even though they were they were open minded to it, they didn't they weren't encouraging it. They weren't like oh yeah, we're going to put this policy in place and you can just do it. I had to really take the initiative and have several meetings and explain to them what the benefits were for me, what the benefits were for the company and how this could really work. And also I'm the first one in the company to do this and the company has been there for like 25 years. So they are taking a punt, but I had built up such a, you know, a, re- a credible reputation in the company in terms of the work that I deliver. So I think it's from building up that foundation of trust and then taking the initiative to show the benefits that will, that they'll have in the company and the benefits that you'll get from it. And also being flexible, because when I originally asked, I, I originally asked to go for six months and then there was a lot of like, oh, oh, no, we're not sure about that, blah, blah, blah. And so I was like, OK, well, I'll go for three months, you know, and and I could have just from then been like, OK, that's not it's just not going to happen. But instead, I'm going for three months. And the fact that it sort of gets to go is amazing. And also, I'm still going to be learning and Learning a skill while I'm away, so I'm you know I'm learning Spanish and I do uh, coding and developer work on the side. So I'm going to be doing a lot of that while I'm away, which is going to benefit my company when I come back. And I also have like a bit of a plan for when I come back as well. Like I have a review immediately when I come back to talk about my role and how we're going to move forward and the benefits it seems to the company and the things that maybe haven't gone well for the company while I've been away and how we can combat that. So. I think it's having a 360 approach, not just thinking about you, but thinking about your colleagues and the company as a whole and making little plans to kind of make sure that all those function well when you're not there and function well when you come back.
0: Okay, wow, that's amazing insight. And what I would also add to that is, you know, you as a credible employee with your background, if you pull this off and like do 99% of the job, okay, while you're traveling, you will prove to the company that it's possible to work and travel at the same time. So say you want to do this again in two, three years, or say a colleague wants to do that, they'll be more open to it. You're kind of like, you know, the first one taking the leap of faith and proving this can actually be done. We don't all have to stay from nine to five behind our desks, obviously in your case. Creative industries is a bit different, but also the standard nine to five industries. I truly believe that there are ways to organize jobs in such a way that even, you know, nine to five office people can also go out for two, three months and not disrupt projects or at least minimize that as much as possible. And it's about the entire package. As you said to yourself, it's not just about I you know you taking your six months off. It's also about the company, you know, still benefiting from you, you benefiting from that. And that's like this kind of like new mindset. I know lots of companies and friends who uh, have been able to do this, but also lots and lots of work for big corporate companies where they would never, Mm. ever allow this. It's kind of, it's so company dependent if they ever allow this kind of stuff.
1: I know it is, it is mad. And I mean, because I haven't come from that corporate world, I couldn't even imagine what that kind of rigidity is like, but I think there's always, there's always a way, you know, and there's always a conversation to be had. And I think even, bar the whole preparing for it for your career and your company. Obviously, I'm not getting paid while I'm away. So I've had to prepare financially for that. And I think I've been preparing financially for it for years. So it's fine. But I think the fact that I am prepared financially then gave me even more confidence to tell my company that this is going to work, because I know that either way, I'm going to be good as well. So I think having that solid foundation within yourself from financially and trying to reach five has just gives you that kind of extra oomph that no this is going to work this is going to be beneficial for you and for me and i can afford to do this so there's no reason for you to say no <laughs>
0: <laughs> and also your five skill set you know even you know say you go out with a budget of five grand for those three mm-hmm. months and something happens you are flexible enough to change up your spending change up your plans to still you know have the same exact awesome trip but because mm-hmm. of your knowledge you'll always be able to, you know, make the same happen with less money or be creative if needed.
1: Yeah, exactly. And and even exactly what I was saying in terms of creating multiple revenue streams, because in the, in the music industry, because, you know, jobs aren't, especially if you're working your way up, you don't get paid insane amounts of money. Nowhere near compared to compared to texts. Like, you know, you'd probably start out on like 14, 15 grand, and then you'd work your way up from that, which, you know, if you're getting like a, three or four grand raise a year, it's not going to be a lot of money in the beginning. So if you're able to live frugally and save off that, then that can be a good foundation for you. But I think even with as you're progressing and moving up through through the ranks, it's you do kind of have to remember that I'm doing this because I love it and this is a passion. And a lot of people, if if you do do well and you do have success, then you can make that money that you maybe miss in by taking this mini retirement, you can make that tenfold, ten times you know, over the course of your career or even just in one year, if you have a hit, you know, and you never know when that next hit is around the corner. You just don't know. So I think that's something that I always bear in mind as well, because it only takes one song to change your life. So, you know, you just got to go for it.
0: And even in general, keeping yourself sane and happy and focused on the job or focused on your life. If you feel like, hey, this is too much, I need three months out, always go for it. Because if you're Mm. unhappy with a job, you're never going to be able to pull those crazy things off. And obviously, you know, the music industry can be a bit different, but also in normal jobs, you'll never be able to perform as well if you're not happy on it. And, you know, the philosophy of, oh, go on holiday, discover yourself and go to the monks and become and come back inspired. (laughs) It doesn't have to be exactly like that. Everybody has their own way of going. Like personally, after uni, I went on a one and a half year trip around the world yeah amazing. still worked while doing that but that really i had a job after uni i had a good uni level job lined up ready to go but decided instead of going for that uh going traveling instead and coming back after one and a half years was it harder at that point to find like the same level job um in the beginning yes a little bit Recruiters will ask, you know, hey, why were you gone? What did you do? All right. I don't like that. Uh, I'll hire somebody else. Yeah, happens. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But you know that
1: that's not the company for you, because if that was that was their reaction, you would just be like, I'm sorry, what? Like, what what do you mean that Mm -hmm. me furthering myself as a human being? It doesn't suit you.
0: <laughs> like, exactly. Okay. And but you also got companies out there and it's not only the tech companies or the startups. Lots of like, you know, small, nice, medium and businesses there. But like, oh, that's amazing that you went traveling. Um, and then the actual job interview is about, hey, you went here and this and that, and oh, tell me about this place. And I went there as well. And what did you learn? It's again, and I like that you also said that if you know they don't appreciate that they kind of don't want to work for them.
1: Yeah. In the end, life is too short.
0: Yes, and life in the last 60, 70 years or whatever is too much been about what companies want and completely focusing on money. And obviously, we're a financial independence podcast. Money is important, and, but it's not the end goal. The end goal is options, happiness, and just live a fulfilling life. And money is a tool of getting there. And the ways we think strategize and organize things are ways to make it go easier and you know essentially make us do less to get more.
1: Mm, exactly, and and this is another thing. What I really, what I've kind of taken from FI and see mirrored a lot in the creative industries, because I think in FI a lot of it is about your earning, like your own wealth capital and how you as a person can optimize your own wealth and create more wealth to reach FI. And the music industry is exactly like that because it's really it can be hard to. There's no kind of stable, clear job. Promotion, You know, you're kind of just everyone's making up as they go along and opportunities just kind of fall out the sky or you're in the right place at the right time or you have a network that you can create an opportunity out of. And so much of it is about your own personal brand. So me starting my management company and traveling and coding and all that kind of stuff, all these things are part of my personal brand that I can monetize across multiple Avenues And the industry, our, my industry really appreciates that kind of stuff because you show a kind of entrepreneurship, you know, and I think the five movement really mirror that buy through whether it's like you have a rental income or you invest in stocks or whatever you're investing in or maybe you're I don't know like creating other avenues having a side hustle for example the fire industry really appreciate that and they and they see that as a path to success rather than kind of another money outlook which is just you know work in a corporate or work in a big company and raise your you know move your way up through the ranks and hope you get a decent pension out of it like that's kind of just not where the fight movement is, and that, and I see that mirrored a lot in the creative industry. So I quite like
0: that, Leanne, This is amazing in terms of approaching mini retirement. I think you now for the listeners, it offers quite a lot of value because it's a topic that's not being covered much. I feel it's always about investment strategies and how to optimize this and this in the best way, and it's not enough about relaxing, not enough about how do I get my life fulfilling enough and. I feel mini-retirements can be an amazing tool to get there. And also another question for you, are you planning to only take this one or are you planning to like take one every five years because this this theory out there that you know, take a mini-retirement every five years during your career and kind of approach it like that? Or like, what's your take on that? Or is it just go with the flow?
1: Uh, I definitely would love to factor this into my life and do it yeah every every three three years ideally like the plan for me is really to move towards moving more freelance so I work at this label that you know I love working there now but ideally I'd like to work there as a freelancer and then continue doing my artist management stuff as a freelancer and then also doing coding and developing and building websites and platforms so that's the thing that I'm working towards so yeah ideally I'd love to do this every every few years I mean if hopefully we don't know what's for us in the future but I definitely plan to instill this into my life as a regular thing because I've seen how much it benefits me and even if it's not like a mini retirement, like I've, when I come back, so I come back during the summer, I'm, I'm planning to take just a week off and be in London and just make art for a week. You know, and that's it's not necessarily a mini retirement, but it's a little break that I'm, I'm going to do. And it's stuff like that. I just think is really, really important. And that's outside of, you know, the the how many days leave I get a year, you know. So it's definitely something I plan to have as a regular occurrence in in my life and make myself financially stable enough because obviously when I come back I'm I'm wary that I need to save up the money that I spent on this trip but at the same time it's not really that big of a deal because I've got this whole other buffer from investments and emergency funds and all the other kind of fun stuff that I've been saving so yeah I definitely plan to have this as I think as well as having you know emergency fund and your investments and your pension you should have like a a fun fund <laughs> you know just as that like, you can spend on whatever you want so I'm spending mine on this trip and. I'll build that up again and I'll spend it on something else
0: later on. Well done. I'm definitely planning to do the same myself as well. Um have no clue when exactly and after how many years, but every once in a while when the life or the, the right moment in life arrives, take this retirement. And you know, it can be a month, it can be six months. I don't know, but the principle of not working the 40 years straight and also like the typical fire approach, you know, going nuts for 12 years and then retiring, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm also not a fan of that. I like the you know, say work a couple of years, um, you now take a mini retirement, maybe even change, you no know, do that while you change industries or change careers or life paths uh, or life paths become a stay at home parent. Um, there can be so many opportunities in life to take periods like these off. So you know, I agree. And like this hybrid approach of, you know, fi- not die-hard finance, but enjoying life, but being frugal and, financially savvy at the same time i love it yeah
1: definitely definitely
0: <laughs> so leanne then i slowly want to wrap up and throw in the final questions um of today mm-hmm. so first of all what i would really like to ask you for our listeners where can they find you or get in touch with you in terms of website instagram twitter the whole shebang?
1: yeah yeah i'm just leanne joseph so i guess yeah you, you can hit me up on linkedin or twitter or I'm on Instagram as well, just all be under Leanne Joseph. So I think I'll be pretty easy, easy to find. And I have a music blog as well. That's called Speaker Inc. And I'm working on a, like a financial independence blog as well. So that will be kind of, it's called Flow and that will be out in the ether very soon. I'm still working on that and building the site. So yeah, just Leanne Joseph, really.
0: That's awesome. We'll definitely add all those to the show notes. Then the next question, what is one resource not well known that you would recommend to others? Um, to use in terms of reaching five?
1: Mm. Um, I found this one quite hard because I feel like the ones I listen to are quite well known but I guess you don't know but I mean personally I found I mean I'm as well as being you know 23 living under I'm, I'm a woman of colour I'm a black woman and th- that's the thing that I did find quite difficult when I was really getting into it the fact that there wasn't a lot of kind of media outlets or bloggers or influencers that were yeah, just people of colour generally. And I did find one from a woman in the States called, the her podcast is called Journey to Launch. And she she doesn't necessarily talk about fi from the perspective of a black woman, but she does talk about the way she was raised and, you know, people of colors view on money is really influential in terms of us building our wealth and our journey to fi and I think even if you aren't a person of color, it's important to understand that perspective. So yeah, definitely. I I recommend people to listen to her podcast called Journey to Launch. It's really interesting. And she has on some great guests as well, who a lot of them are women of color as well. So that's always exciting.
0: That's awesome. And then the last question of today, what is the number one actionable tip for somebody on the path to fight? Like, what's the one thing you would be like, hey, this, I feel is like the most effective you can do to help yourself out?
1: Yeah, I think, well, what's really worked for me and what I think I tell other people when I talk about this, you know, friends and family is really just have a sit down and work out what your relationship is with money. And I think the way I grew up, it was definitely in a scarcity environment. It was like, you know, we don't have enough or... You're wasting money, or this isn't important. Don't spend your money on this. And and I think that as I grew up and became interested in finance and fire, like I said at the start, I was focusing way too much on my expenses, and it was really just getting me down. It was preventing me from enjoying the money that I earned and appreciating the fact that I built this company and that I work at this other company. And I think when I discovered that my relationship with money had come from that kind of scarcity environment, it really made me think. No, I need to come from a position of abundance. And since then. I mean, I've just now I walk into any environment and feel like, you know, money and will flow to me naturally because I know I'm putting myself in a position to earn it. So since doing that, I've been able to, yeah, increase my income and save better and be smarter with my financial decisions. And I think that's really important for anyone to first just understand their relationship with money and see if that's the right relationship. And if not, then work on it. But it's all in your mind. I think it's, you've got to focus on your mind before you actually focus on the finances itself. That's what I'd, I'd recommend.
0: Oh uh, Leanne, powerful stuff. And I would like to say thank you so much uh, for coming on. I really enjoyed chatting with you because the first time we've got somebody on out of creative industries um, yeah. like this, and um, I've learned something. Thank you.
1: Oh, that's good. Well, hopefully many more to come.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Have a good day, Leanne.
1: You too. Take care. Thank
0: you guys for listening to this episode. We hope you learned something new and enjoyed the show. You can support us by doing this. Subscribing to your favorite podcast program and leaving us a review.
1: Following us on Instagram and Twitter at Financial Independence Europe.
0: Sending us an email with questions and feedback. We would love to hear from you.
1: All the mentioned articles, books and cool resources can be found in the show notes at
0: financial-independence.eu Thank you for listening and see you next time.